0: Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, By George, the dream is alive. Giantkiller.co and the By George Podcasting Network present the By George Podcast. Man, it's been a long summer. And I'm just waiting for Mason hoops. This is probably the most excited I've been in, I don't need, like, ever um, since Laronega and Mike Moe is catching alleys. Like, this is probably the most excited that I've been for Mason basketball. And so we had to put out a podcast. Why? Because a few of the guys from GiantKiller.co got a chance to watch practice. Uh, myself, I got to go to two after both practices. Um, I did a live spaces on Twitter Um, So I know people want other perspective. So I brought in Andy from the expat hoops podcast. He was uh, he saw the second, the second practice. And truthfully, we thought we were going to see Blake Jones. Uh, He had to do the COVID quarantine before being able to practice. So um, we didn't get a chance to see him, but Andy PD, buckets, and Ron all came to practice with me and got a chance to see Andy say what's up, and then not only you know say what say what's up to, to some of your listeners, but but also just kind of tell us your immediate reactions from practice.
2: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on here. I'm excited to be here as well. I can definitely echo the same sentiments that excited for this upcoming season of Mason basketball. Um, so, one of the things that was really nice for me in the COVID era was to be able to actually see some more basketball, even at a practice setting. So that was exciting getting to see some of the new faces, whether they're incoming freshmen or transfers. Uh, and I know that we're going to dive deeper into some of that in a few minutes, but really excited to just see where this program's headed.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, what really interests me this time around, which we didn't get the first time was we actually got to sit there and watch him do a film study. And, and that intrigued me because like, even just alone like having the space to do that like that 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 tv on the wall is is perfect it doesn't take up like the normal practice court so you can just kind of leave everything out like it just kind of allowed us to see how that space is multi-use you know they have this amazing new film study room at the eagle bank arena but it's cool to see like them just kind of get raw with it and sit there with some chairs and the tv And something that you took notice was immediately they got into the USA, Australia Olympic game. And I think they were talking high ball screens. We're not going to get into the specifics, but you know, talk a little bit about just kind of watching that film session and and how that started practice.
2: Well, as you know uh, you know, we're, we're happy to be on the by George uh, pod network and everything. And you know, the name of our game is essentially expat hoops and seeing some of the international basketball flavor was also kind of interesting, but one of the themes that's kind of from this coaching staff that you're getting is the very much whether it's professional or whatever they're going to prepare you to to do that and so looking at other things in terms of the international game it was really interesting to see them dissect, you know, exactly what was going on in the play, telling them, you know, individually from a standpoint what they wanted to see, also the way the Team USA or Australia was doing certain things. Uh, so I agree with you in terms of just being able to be right there on the practice floor, just feet away, and then to be able to go out and practice essentially what they saw. I think it follows kind of the theme from Kim is that uh, that you know if you want to go pro, basically rock with us.
1: And what was was there a theme? I can't remember. Was there a theme of the practice?
2: So, yeah, that was another interesting thing is there was obviously the film study, but uh, one of the things that was uh, talked about right off the top was that Kim uh, has a book. I'm not even sure if I have the right title, but basically it was a Slippery Hills theme of the practice. And uh, the book that he had was essentially that you look at the greatest people in all their fields and they the common element of all of them is that they seek struggles. They so encourage the team to push themselves to the edge of their abilities. So whether that's, you know, something that's in the classroom, something that's on the on the floor, that basically encouraging the team not only collectively but individually go out there, be great, seek the struggles, get better. That's how you do it.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's been like expressed a lot on Kim English's social media. Like that seems to be something that that he pushes, you know, like Greatness is, 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 in everybody. It's how hard you're going to push yourself. And that seems to be, um, you know, a catalyst in a lot, a lot that they do from workouts. Uh, you'll see him post on his Instagram story. They're doing some stuff I haven't seen before. And I don't, maybe that just hasn't been public. Um, but it's definitely impressive to me. Like they're doing like rope climbs from a seated position, just all the way up. And, you know, I just like, I, I don't know if, it, if it's, if it's just like I said that he's like a little bit more flashy, um. But at the same time, it also appears that they're going to be a tough squad, not just um, in, in in their fight, but also just in their size alone, which I think is a good transition um, into someone that you had taken some notes on. And that's Deshaun Swartz, um, a guy that, you know, you look at him and it's like, is that a linebacker? Is that like, yeah. you know, like he's, his build is kind of interesting. But then you watch him hit threes. Everyone's looked at his his percentage from last year from the three um, but also can definitely bang in the a 10 from, from, you know, what we've watched in the a 10. He's he could play the four position. Um, Maybe, maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. We'll see. Um, But just kind of talk about your notes on him. And that was like kind of like the first time you've got to see him live.
2: Yeah. And I think it was a big difference between what you see on YouTube and what, what I was really going to expect out of seeing him up close uh i i think it's just i think he's he didn't necessarily i i would say there probably wasn't anybody in the practice that just ran away and, and just took took over control or anything like that but in terms of maybe one of the people that intrigues me the most in terms of some of the things that they might be able to do with a certain kind of player would probably be him um you know he's got the experience he could shoot from outside And like you said, when we got there, it's just like, wait a minute. If I didn't know who this guy was and I didn't see his YouTube clips and everything, I might think that he might be somebody that's a forward that maybe doesn't move as fast as he actually does. But then, you know, once they got up to speed, it's clear he's athletic, he moves well. Um, So he's he's just somebody that I look at and just see not only from an experience standpoint, but from just a versatility standpoint, I'm just going to be all sorts of interested to see what they can do with him.
1: Yeah, I think it's... It's just cool because, he, you know, Kim English had coached him before, you know, the assistant coach as well, I believe, right? I mean, so I think it's just kind of, you know, I, I want to see, like, w- you know, how Kim English's guys do. Like, Ticket, Schwartz, like, you know, how are these guys, are they going to fit well? Are they leaders, you know? And it, it, I don't know if I've seen that in Deshaun Schwartz. It, it kind of seems like he's like a lead by example guy. Definitely someone there getting shots up early. Um, you can see that 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 he definitely works on his craft, but not necessarily a super loud guy. And I don't even know if I necessarily saw that. I think that that may even be Oduro, um, maybe the most vocal. Um, but I didn't really see that. You know that that loud leader. And I'm I'm curious what uh, Deshaun Schwartz looks like, and not only like you know how he plays, but specifically like is he a guy that can bang and get rebounds or does he want to play around the three-point line? Mostly like, is he going to be someone that's, that's crashing and, and backcourt, you know, backdoor cutting. I think we'll find that out. Um, But I'm just interested in him. I think everybody is, I think he has the opportunity to be a a really good player um, in the, in the A10. and what I'm learning from Kim English is I don't think positions are going to matter as much I think he's going to be able to recruit and land kids to kind of actually go positionless, um, And I think that that's what Schwartz uh, signifies. Um, and Absolutely. I think I, I'm pretty excited for him. And, and I, I, I want to touch on Malik Henry, a kid didn't get a lot of run last year. I would bet probably because he didn't really have like the defensive, you know, the defensive uh, plays uh, memorized and he, it probably didn't flow really well for him. Um, so, I'm looking for a big year, Aduro, uh, a guy that showed that has a lot of skills, but also was in foul trouble early and often, which leaves opportunities wide open for Malik Henry. Um, just kind of wondering what you saw out of him.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that there's probably something that, you know, is going to see, you're going to see in year two from him. Uh, he just looks like he's filled out a little bit more, you know, more confident in what he can do on the floor. Um, it's certainly something to be able to go against Josh Oduro in practice. You really have good competition there. And I think that's kind of played itself out. Uh, and talking to some of the people on the staff is, uh, you know, they wouldn't necessarily tell you certain battles are, are bigger than others or anything like that, but it's it certainly can't hurt to go up against Josh Oduro in practice every day.
1: And Josh Oduro has has thinned out as well. Like definitely, you know, putting on some muscle, but he's lost that baby fat the, the Malik Oduro battles, I think, are are pretty pretty awesome. If you want to see, you know, Liam at the first practice caught uh, one-on-one between them where Oduro got an offensive rebound, I believe, then spun and finished with a one-handed duck. So check out, you know, check out Liam Lee's Twitter, Instagram for that video. Um, but I would say, like, I just, I just think there's... Is that the only two centers, you know, on the team? You know, is it just going to be the, those two rotating at the center spot and then the potential to go um, with a smaller guy at the five. Like I could see a a, a, a chance that like Otis Frazier gets some run at the five. I think he even told me in the interview, we haven't dropped it yet, but we will um, that, that he's, he's practicing, you know, two through five. And, you know, I don't know what that means necessarily, but I, I would be interested to see what we look like because we are a little bit bigger when we run with like a lineup of like polite Cooper, Schwartz, Ticket, and Otis. It's like, and
2: and this was before we had one of the transfers that was announced that was coming in too. So we right. don't know how
1: he factors in either. Yeah. So I, it's just I'm interested to see what happens, but I have to assume Malik is getting play. And when we watched that second practice, He, I mean, he was dunking everywhere. Like he was, he, I can't say much for like his outside game, although in, in Kim English practices, they do have the big guys shooting jumpers from pretty much everywhere. Foul line extended to the block. They're even shooting threes. So, you know, I do like, I do kind of, you know, wonder, is, is it really going to be a spread offense with a on the court? he can kind of shoot from everywhere. Um, so I'm interested to see maybe does Malik and, and Oduro get in there at the same time. You know, I think that's my, that'd be my dream come true, but you know, we'll find out. I think it's just, it's just crazy how athletic he looks and you are, you are right in saying that he is definitely filled out. He's definitely growing into his body. Mike gray, freshman, um, someone that uh, English has hyped, on social media with a couple comparisons and then also just a guy that, 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 that we've known about a a DP poll from, from a couple years now. Um, He flashed, Uh, he was hitting the three really well. Uh, What'd you see out of him?
2: Yeah, I I completely agree. I I think it was a matter of that. You know, I, I don't think there was really a whole lot that we could see on him. You know, there's some, some grainy YouTube videos that you can watch and it's clear that uh, his high school coach really liked him and uh, you know, I, I, you'd kind of expect that. So you're a little, little bit skeptical, like, okay, well, what are we actually getting here? So that was one of the big takeaways from, from me is just how how much like a freshman he does not look. He's already, you know, uh, you know good body type, but he's he's a little taller than Jabal Hartwell, you know, probably by a good two or three inches or something. Um, certainly athletic uh, and can certainly shoot it. That was a, a big takeaway, and he was the only freshman that we actually got to see out on the floor that day. And so, uh, I don't want to make it sound like you know the coaching staff was picking on him. It's, it's really trying to figure out the right way to say it, but it's clear the coaching staff likes him in terms of the the um, you know sort of feedback he's getting, like that they definitely see something in him. They wouldn't be uh, telling him to do certain things a certain way if they didn't think that at some point. Maybe you know, I don't want to sit here and put any sort of label on the timeline uh, that he's going to be playing from day one or even in the the middle of season one or whatever. It's all going to depend on when they feel he's ready, but it's clear that they like what they see in Mark, Mike Ray. Um, Cause he could definitely shoot it. You know, the body type is there um, and, you know, he's just going to get better and better.
1: Yeah. I noticed there at the first practice, they were definitely riding him pretty hard on defense. And that told me one of two things, either they're trying to get him ready or, you know, they, they, they are identifying an issue and trying to fix it. But it's, in my opinion, it's they're, they're rushing, you know, they're, they're like they understand that they want to get this kid on the court. So let's, let's focus on, on getting making sure that he's ready with his um, defensive assignments so that we don't have to pull him off the court. And it has that feeling like it's tough love. It's not like it's, it wasn't just like, degrading they you know it was never it never actually felt like that once at practice it never felt like anyone just got chewed out it always seemed like someone was being coached with a purpose and i think that's important you know i think especially in i don't want to get into a conversation about gen z and these kids now but like i think you do have to like uh, uh temper your aggressiveness and i i think you know i think that i saw that i saw a lot of coachable moments. I saw a lot of like coaches taking the time to stop practice and talk to somebody one-on-one, um, never seemed with, with disrespect. And, and, and Mike gray, I think was on is was on the side of getting coached toughly. And I think that's, I think that's important. And I think he's showed like he, he never quit and either practice and that second practice, he just balled Like, I don't know, like what you think, is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? I'm not totally sure. Um, but I, I'm interested to see like what he becomes. He's like a little. He's like a little short to be a to be a shooting guard, but at the same time, also has pretty good size. What, yeah. What, would you, that, what do you kind of see out of him?
2: That could that could that's one of those ones where it could kind of go either way. I I definitely see what you're saying there, where he's maybe a. <laughs> you really don't want to say somebody's too short when they're when they're as tall as he is, but in terms right. of when you stack him up against other guards in the A10, is he really going to be a you know, a, a combo guard, you know, like that sort of thing. It definitely, he's somebody that could handle the ball well. And, um, you know, some of, the, some of the battles I thought from one particular practice with Jamal Hartwell, I, I thought it was interesting. It, it almost looked to me like Jamal, being the smaller guard, really almost kind of understands leverage a little bit better than Mike. And that Mike is, you know, that's certainly something that, you know, you could learn over time. But it's that was sort of like one of those things where you, you kind of got like okay here's the freshman and here's the savvy veteran so I'm kind of hopeful that you know that's something that you know Mike Gray starts picking up on that and that he gets better and better um, as a result of going up against Jamal Hartwell actually in practice because you look at the two of them and you're like so wait Mike Gray is going up against Jamal Hartwell he's a bigger guard it's, you know Jamal Hartwell is in for a long day but it was almost kind of the kind of the opposite actually
1: yeah I mean Jamal Hartwell is another guy that. Could be an in like I'm not assuming Gray is going to start. So I actually kind of wonder if they're competing for the same spot. Um, but both guys I think can come in and hit some threes. We'll have to see if Mike Gray is consistent. I think Jamal Hartwell has proven that minus his like that random, like he was kind of sick for a little while there. But outside mm-hmm. of that, that span, uh, he's shown that he can shoot. he's I like like him kind of being a little spark plug off the bench. Um interested to see what he becomes, but Let's be honest, you know, I think we went through some of, some of your notes, but really only one thing matters and to me at least <laughs> and and that's Kim English. I mean, it's just it's it's brand new. It's it's that flashy new car uh <laughs> props to the, the McKay family for hooking our guy Josh Aduro up. That was that was big. I love that one of our kids has a sponsorship. I think that's that's recru- that, that you can use that in your recruiting. Um but I want to know you know, I think you've kind of been following Mason for a pretty long time. Um, but then specifically with Kim English's hiring, we knew there was rumors uh, before everyone was like, wait, what, who, like, this is random. And then it actually worked out and happened. And, you know, not, not always in sports is it like, okay, I I've heard this guy's name. Uh, he intrigues me. I want him. And then you actually get him. And and I feel like from there to then um, his uh, initial presser to then you getting a chance to talk to him you know with Petey pretty exclusively and then getting to see him practice I feel like you you ha- you have a good perspective um, from his time at Mason specifically and I'm just curious about your feelings on his development um, in this short time has he followed through with things that he said you know and then and then tying that into um, his, his practice style and what you saw from him there as well.
2: Well, I mean, like you hinted at earlier, that if you follow him on social media, that you know that he's pretty active. Um, you know, I think that the practice kind of fit with that as well. It's, I think it's consistent with who he is, is that, you know, he's, he's pretty active. Um, you know, one of the things I think is a takeaway from the, uh, I can't remember if it was the initial introduction or, or where it was along the line that, you know, he kind of referenced Tad Boyle at, at Colorado that, you know, if you were in a recruiting battle uh, for a kid, and, you know, it was Duke and Colorado down at the end of the day. Tad Boyle, like, literally could not fathom, wait, why is Durham, North Carolina, any better than Boulder, Colorado? So I really kind of feel like I come away from every conversation I've had with Kim that he takes that exact same mentality to Mason. Is like, you know, I, I mean, literally, you know, what's the difference between Duke, North Carolina and Fairfax, Virginia? Um, I think that, you know given who we're in the mix with for recruiting, you know, not getting anybody specific, but um, he's willing to go up against some of these bigger schools that that's why you're seeing George Mason in the mix. And I wouldn't count him out. Really. I really think that he is somebody that is going to have an impact um, that he's got an idea in his head, what he wants to see, what he's going to do. And quite frankly, he believes in him and not only him, but his staff. I think that you hinted at it a little bit earlier too, that um, a lot of the assistants were, uh, you know, giving constructive criticism to certain players and everything like that. And they just seem to work really well. And granted, I was only at one practice, but it just seemed between what Kim was saying, what Nate was saying, uh, you know, Coach Felton, um, Dwayne Simpkins, it just basically, they just seem like they work really well together. And I think that he does have a pretty clear vision of what he wants to see. Um, I think if you're going to, you know, talk about maybe any potential negatives, I think that You know, being an assistant coach for a while, I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, maybe becoming a head coach. Um, You know, ultimately, if there's going to be a problem at some point along the lines, he's going to have to deal with it. And what that problem will be and how he deals with it, you know, nobody really knows. But, um, you know, as far as everything I've heard so far in terms of what he believes the program is, should be going forward, the style of play, um, you know, I, I know that's something, again, uh, harkening back to expat hoops, you know, we've talked to some guys that are professionals now overseas that have kind of been critical of the college game where they're like, you know, we're told to do something in a system. That's not how professional basketball really works. And we've gotten a chance to talk to a lot of those guys and, you know, get to hear about, you know, exactly some of their philosophy. And a lot of the things that Kim has talked about with PD and I or just, you know, at the practice um, this last time it's consistent with a guy that's played, you know, professionally. Uh, obviously, he made it to the NBA. He's played a little bit overseas and, um, you know, played for Coach Haith, uh, who gives a little bit more freedom to the players and everything. So I, I, I am excited to see the style of play and to be able to recruit talent to come to Mason that, you know, if they have an idea that they might want to go professional, that, you know, this is a staff that's designed you designed for you to try to do that.
1: I do think that's one of the best parts, like, and, and especially because of expat hoops, like we're starting to follow and pay attention more to, to the local talent that goes and plays overseas. And it's just, it's kind of fun. Like I've been enjoying it. I've been keeping up with, with our local guys, uh, Otis and, and, and the rest like playing overseas. I mean, there's guys that are that graduated 10 plus years ago, still having careers overseas. So, I mean, it's, just kind of fun, and I do want to thank Expat Hoops um, for kind of keeping up with it. I mean, it's it's it makes it easy for a guy like me who has, has no time. You um, can just kind of click over to you guys at Expat Hoops on, on I think, Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. Um, but what we haven't told anybody yet is you actually sit down one-on-one after that practice, practice with Kim English. Uh, go ahead and plug that interview and then lead us into it.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, again, it, g- it goes into that Kim has made himself available to to us, um, you know, each and every time, had us at practice and everything. Really approachable, um, enjoys talking about the direction that this program's is going. Um, it's it's always been something that's been fun to talk to him about. It's it's not a not a chore or anything like that to sit there and say what sort of questions am I going to ask? You might have some sort of idea, but. He's really somebody that you can have a conversation with, um, and one of the things that I enjoy now, having interviewed him twice, is I enjoy having him say, "You know, that's a good question." So he's definitely somebody that has a unique perspective. Um, definitely happy that he's at the at the helm. Um, you know, hopefully it's the first of many interviews uh, with by George uh, in the, in the future. We're here with Kim English, uh, we're going to start off with the practice uh, in the meeting you were talking about, Slippery Hills. Like take t- through that. What that meant in terms of uh, in terms of general life lesson, but also in terms of the focus of this practice.
3: Yeah, it was a. It's just an overall thought. You know, it's it's a, it was a line from a book, The Talent Code, by Daniel Coyle, and he just talks about how the greatest in all fields, um, you know, through various hot talent hotbeds around the world, they seek um, struggles. They seek. They, they 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 are constantly pushing themselves to the edge of their abilities. And um, that's where you find greatness. So just trying to keep pushing our guys, get them out of their, their, their comfort zone to get to a level where they do struggle and um, you know, have to, f- to find answers. So, um, but it's, it's, it's nothing that a coach can do. You know, we can, I, can, I can set up drills or, or situations to put teams at a disadvantage, but you as an individual have to make the, the, the conscious decision to, to push yourself beyond your limits. Uh, another focus of
2: practice is, well, probably an overarching theme is it's inescapable from watching the practice that a lot of the words you hear are attack, paces, go, push, and everything like that. Do you want to talk about a, a little bit about the importance of getting out in transition and basically pushing the pace, obviously where the situation dictates it because yeah. you also did towards endgame situations too, but in terms yeah. of the general idea of pushing the pace?
3: Yeah. De- well, defenses, especially after they miss, are generally worse at the beginning at the front end of the, the shot clock. So we absolutely want to explore that option. We wanna we wanna we wanna run hard when teams generally only run their hardest. Sorry, run what they think is hard enough. We want to run our hardest when teams for the most part run what they think is hard enough. You know, we want to challenge teams to, to communicate and transition and you know you know we want a high we want to shoot more shots than our opponent. You know, so if we can get up good shots, make them, get our defense set, make them take a long time on offense versus us, you know, we feel good about our chances most nights.
2: All right, hopefully this is an interesting question. So I'm not asking for any insight or anything like that in terms of who's going to start or anything like that. But in terms of watching practices, what are some of the more favorite matchups that you have when you see a couple of guys on the team go against each other? Whether the ones that well, kind I of – I haven't
3: even seen them yet because we haven't had all 13 guys yet, you know. Um, we're still missing one guy. We have someone sick. We have someone recovering from an injury, um, and we have one guy in quarantine. Just traveled from Latvia, <laughs> so um, I have all the good matchups in my mind. But um, I love them all. I love them all. I mean, I'm really excited to get get Ronnie and Blake out here to get with the guys.
2: All right. So you've spent a lot of time on the road uh, recruiting. What's it like now getting back out going? Is there anything that you view differently as you're recruiting now going back out on the road that you maybe didn't necessarily see in the the time before, so to speak, time before COVID? Uh,
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I I think it's more so just the – I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was being an assistant coach and managing Coach Barnes, Coach Boyle, and Coach Hayes' recruiting schedule to not being comfortable – with having Dennis, Dwayne, and Nate manage my schedule. Like, I'm still recruiting like an assistant coach. So I'm like, just let me in the gym and let me go wherever I want to go. Like, I can look at the schedule and decide where I need to go. Um, so that's probably uh, – they probably don't like that. They, I mean, they're recruiting guys individually. They want me to sit in and watch our game. But I'm kind of doing my own thing right now. I'm kind of going rogue with my <laughs> recruiting. Um, so,
2: Yeah. Another thing actually was kind of interesting when we're looking at the practice uh, is just how active and engaged all the assistants are. Uh, if you could kind of talk about that, obviously you're, you're the head coach and there's definitely your input as well, but it definitely seems like your assistants are, are chiming in early and
3: often. Yeah, I need them to. I need them to. Uh, I can't see everything. Um, you know, I, 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 I think that it is our job as coaches to get our intelligence onto the court. And it's not my job to to have me take all the oxygen out of the room by only being the one voice they hear Um, Dennis Felton Nate Thompson, Dwayne Simpkins I.J. Poole have a wealth of basketball knowledge and I want our guys to hear that and know that and see what they see Um, and again I'm always thinking about you know I was fortunate to have Coach Barnes and Boyle and Coach Hafe gave me a lot of leeway and, 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 and rope and practice to coach and teach and I think that prepared me for now And I want those guys to be head head coaches one day and and get great experience teaching and coaching on the floor. Well,
2: it certainly seems like it. Thank you so much for your time and uh, definitely wish you the best of luck going
3: forward. Thank you. Appreciate it, Andy.
2: Thanks for listening to this interview. Uh, We were really happy to go sit down and talk with Kim English after practice and watch the practice at Mason. Um, I'm Andy Hoverman from Expat Hoops. Join me and my co-host Tony Budney as we talk to basketball players from around the globe, sometimes we get to talk to George Mason players. Sometimes we don't. But one way or another, we try to make it entertaining and try to bring you the experiences, stories of basketball players as they travel around the globe and the crowds that they get to play in front of.
1: Make sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast at by George GMU on all platforms. And I was joined by Andy of the Expat Hoops podcast as well. Played on our station, but also on YouTube. So go ahead and check out their videos as well. Guys, thanks for listening. And I can't wait for the season.
0: We're still growing.
3: Yeah. I love you. You guys do a great job. see
0: what you do when you're not thinking I'd be a dear fool if I let you slip. Yeah, if I let you slip out my grip and I'm never trying to control you, but I can't take that. risk not with this once in a lifetime. Sports and a fine right I like save a lifeline, right place and right time. And I'm unworthy of your treasure But I'm working under this pressure To keep you with forever Cause I see what you do When you're not thinking I'd be a damn fool If I let you slip, yeah Yeah. Slip out my grip And I'm never trying to control you But I can't take that risk Not with this, no Yeah No, I can't take that risk Not when I see what you do When you're not thinking I'd be a damn fool Cause you got me straight up hooked Feeling after your love, sense of humor and empathy, kindness, all the above, girl, you the total package, you got every box check, but it's the way you treat others that really got my respect, don't get me wrong, girl, you're the bomb and I couldn't settle for less, but it's that muscle in your chest that truly got me possessed, I got your heart inside my hand and I'm holding a firm grit, nobody like you even close, so I'm never gonna let you slip, cause I see what you do and you're not thinking I'd be a damn fool if I let you slip, yeah. Slip out my grip and I'm never trying to control you, but I can't take that risk, not with this, no. No, I can't take that risk, not when I see what you do, when you're not thinking I'd be a
3: damn fool if I let you slip.